Oh no! Are your dice plain and boring? What? There. Uh, are are your dice plain and boring? Huh? Never mind. That didn't work, did it? Mm, I'm not sure. Eh, who fucking knows? Anyway. <laughs> See, the, the, that right there is weird because it's like, did it really not work or we pretended it didn't work? <laughs> right. I because tell. we're both having that awkward feeling right now of like, huh. So, anywho. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anywho, we got a cool fucking thing going down, don't we? I know, our first partnership. Yeah. Uh, with, what is the company called? Libris Arcano. Oh, oh, it's Libris? I thought it was Libris. Libris. I don't know how you. I don't know how you pronounce it exactly. It's Latin. Well, look, the point is, words are complicated. Yeah, it can be interpreted many ways. But you know what's not complicated? Dice. Dice are the simplest thing in the world, man. Because you roll them and they give it to you straight. They're not trying to fucking beat around the bush and protect your feelings. They're like fuck your feelings. Dice don't lie, except for when you make them lie. But that's not the dice. The dice are always truthful. That's you manipulating what their message is. They're the Asperger's of uh, gaming implants. Burgers made out of ass? No. The point is, we've partnered it up with Libris Arcana? Libris Arcana. We'll, just, we'll decide on it. Libris Arcana. Okay. And in doing so, we're going to be giving away a Dices set. Yeah. And how you could win that is by replying to this episode with the code, word, or phrase, Stuff me real good. That's right. Just by arting and replying to the tweet announcing this episode with the code, word, or phrase, Stuff me real good. And you will be entered to win one month of their premium monthly dice subscription. Got it? That code word or phrase again is stuff me real good. So uh, this company makes cool custom game dice. They have lots of different designs. They have fancy ones. They have simple ones. They have metal ones. They have some really cool looking stuff. Their subscription service is. They've got a bunch of tiers, right? Right. There's a bunch of different tiers. And what happens is every month they'll send you a set of dice. The, the, that month's pattern or that month's theme for the monthly subscription and you can cancel any time. Right. But it's pretty cool. If you like dice, a lot of people are addicted to collecting dice and this place is definitely going to fill your dice bag <laughs> to overflowing. Yeah, and like you said, each month they do an exclusive to them uh, run of, I think, a thousand sets. So... Yeah, so, they're, so they can be rare too. Right. And yeah, they've got um they've got big dice they've, that I think you can get in various subscriptions and stuff. They've got uh a tier for metal dice, which I really am looking at metal dice. That's that looks nice to me. Yeah. Metal dice kind of scare me. Yeah, but I mean, I guess if you get yourself a nice enough dice tray or something. Uh but yeah, they've got some cool shit that y'all should go check out. Libris Arcana on Twitter or uh LibrisArcana.com. Go check out all their stuff and tell them Nerd Blitz sent me.
Fuckwit known as Fitzman73. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> Who are you? What the fucking? Me? Yeah. Why? What'd I do? What was up with that intro? I don't know. I thought I'd keep you on your toes. Damn. Threw me off so much I gave up my handle instead of my name. <laughs> so it worked. I guess so. Yeah. I thought of that earlier and I kind of fucked it up. I mean, we can do it again if you want and use that as B roll. But I loved your reaction. I meant to call myself a name, too, but I was like, don't fuck up the voice. Call him a fuckwit. All right. <laughs> uh, and welcome to episode 104-ish. Yeah, 104, I think. Of your favorite podcast, A Rooney to Ignore. That's us. <laughs> uh, oh, we got a lot of shit for this episode. Why are we fucking sitting around dicking... Why are know. we sitting here dicking around? I don't know. Jennifer's sister's here now, so now you're going to get all kinds of conversations going on. Oh, boy. You want to take like 10 minutes and move your chair? Mm, I don't <laughs> know that it's going to help. <laughs> Plus, my spot is now taken by shelving. Oh, everybody, buckle the fuck up. We got a shelving story coming in. <laughs> I'm going to have to get some moving blankets or something and like create like a cone of silence around my chair. We need, I mean, I've been meaning to ask you, like, how much we got banked in Patreon, because I might be needing my half, but what we need is to get some of those fucking soundproof block things. Yeah, the soundproofing things. Uh-huh. Yeah. Tiles, that's what they're called, not blocks. Blocks are like cube square things. Correct. But those soundproof tile things, because it might be a worthy investment, I think. Maybe. I've been kind of holding off on that until we get everything situated down here and then deciding for sure like where your best, spot is yeah and what's the best way to do it like should i um yeah i don't know holy shit oh fuck me she brought her dog too you want to go back oh. out to the car like you did back <laughs> in the old days <laughs> <laughs> that's a thought <laughs> you know for one of our special episodes, it's been, like, stupid hot, though. Yeah. I have almost suggested it just because I think it would be funny. Go back to the car. Yeah. Just to be like, look how far we've come, dude. You're back in the car. Doing it in the back seat. Oh, there's a fucking title for you. <laughs> <laughs> back in the car, doing it in the back seat. Oh, sounds hot. Backseat action. Steaming up the windows. Did you ever steam up the windows when you were out there fucking recording in the car? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Your neighbors fucking look out the window and they're like, I think the old one's jerking off in the car again. I don't know why. He does it every Saturday night. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> it's like fucking six o'clock comes and he welcomes for like three hours. <laughs> it's kind of impressive. 
<laughs> you know, Helen, good thing it's raining. Abner, <laughs> Abner. That's your neighbors now, Abner and Helen. I know it should be Gladys, but I threw down the gauntlet on Helen, so. Okay. Mm, oh, Stick God, I can hear that, dude. Wow. Oh, huh? It's, <laughs> it's going to be like the fucking cricket all over again. I can hear you! <laughs> um, well, at least you know what the source of this sound is. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That right there was a mood shift, kids. <laughs> it was more like a lateral shift, though, because my mood was already there. Now I'm just like, mm. This okay. is true. Now you've got to focus for it. Hey, yep. As if you didn't before. Anyway. It's funny because I spent all night dreaming about fighting her husband last night, so that was fun. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Say, even at, like, 52 or however old you are, you can still have them fighting dreams. Oh, yeah. Seriously? No fucking kickback on the 52? N- nope. Wow, we've got a broken man here. I feel, I feel way worse than 52. <laughs> uh, did I mention I'm hungover a little, too, so... You did not. I, yeah, so I feel even worse than Oh, 52. so my loud shit is, like... No, not that. Totally kind of not what you're in for. <laughs> nah, not that kind of. I don't. I never. I usually don't get that way when I'm hungover. I'm just like low energy and kind of queasy. So really, you've not. You've never had like the oh loud noises or oh it's too bright. No, not really. You're a fucking enigma wrapped in an anomaly, my brother. I don't know. Some of us can hold our shit. That's all. <laughs> all right. Well, fair enough. <laughs> little fucking hostile for my taste, but whatever. Anywho. Um, we got a lot of shit to get to, so what do you say we get into our pimped spots? Okie dokie. Play that intro. Hey, baby. What you need? Yeah. Um, how much is this gonna cost me? How much you got? Whoa. Oh, yeah, baby. Come on into the Nerd Blitz Pimp Spot. We're back from that intro. You want to go first? You want me to go first? Uh, I can go first if you want. Well, let's do this. Uh, so <laughs> I recently I did not turn 52. I turned 47. That's a lie. And one of my uh, <laughs> gifts was uh, just moving right I, along. Some, something that I didn't even know existed, which was uh, Mandalorian Monopoly. Okay. This this question just occurred to me right now. Is there actual like Mandalorian writing in that? Um, I don't know. I would oh, have to okay. go back and look. If there is, it's like incidental. It's not something that's right. Um, it's not part of the game. But it, there could be like decorations on stuff that have it. And you just didn't notice it, right on. Yeah, but I mean, there's really only one Mandalorian in the game, so it's not like uh, 
True. Yeah. But I will say that it's we played it. We've played it half of a game. We haven't even finished the whole game yet. But I would have. I would say that so far that this is probably my favorite in- incarnation of Monopoly ever. Wow. That's a bold fucking statement because <laughs> if somebody farts, they're like, let's put out fucking Bill's Farts Monopoly. Well, I know, and that's what I'm saying. Most of them are I know. shit. Yeah. And then you've got, like, the knockoff Monopolies, too. Oh, yeah, like Dogopoly and... Uh-huh. Opoliopoly, and... In the past, we've played, like, uh, like there's a gamer, like a Nintendo game mm-hmm. Monopoly that's that was kind of cool. It was kind of a genius. You, get, you could buy, like, little booster packs that have different pieces in it, different playing pieces that have different abilities... Oh, cool. Yeah, but that, that kind of fizzled. The game's kind of fun, but the product itself was like, you know, they made like two or three extra pieces you could buy, and then that was it. <laughs> they were mm. like, fuck this, we're done with this game. <laughs> it's a waste of time. The concept behind it's pretty fun. Right. But then, uh, but now this one is like a totally different animal. It's got its own special rules, and like it actually has a point to it. There's... <laughs> There's like not a you don't just go in circles buying stuff, for right? Three, for three hours until nobody has money left. <laughs> you know when you said that to me last night, I was like, after I sent my reply, I was like, I, that I came off real shitty. But you're like, it really has a point, and I was like, what's the point? <laughs> and it's like I didn't mean that to come off as shitty as it did. And when no. you just said it again, it's like this has a point. <laughs> that came back to me like, what's, like the what's the fucking what's point? The point? Well, the point is, so there's, you got four four player tokens, you got the Mandalorian, you got dun, dun. The, the Ugnot dude, you got Cara Dune, and you got IG-11. Okay. Those are, those are the ones you can play to pick at, or pick to play as. Then you've got uh, Baby Yoda piece. So, it's the child, I know. So, the whole point is... The child starts out in just visiting jail, the start of the game, and then anytime anybody passes him on the board, now that now the child is attached to you. So they're like his caretaker, right? So now you, now he moves with you, and you have to you have to roll a different die instead of a six sided die. It's a three sided die. Ooh, or a three. I mean, not three. It's still six, but it only goes to three. Right. So then you move slower, obviously, because you're carrying this baby with you. Little fucking side note for you. You know there is what they call a three-sided die, right? A three-sided die. Uh-huh. How, the fuck do, how the fuck does that work? It It's actually kind of genius, but I, I was in the same position as you because I was looking at a dice website, and I saw three-sided die, and I was like, what kind of fucking robot bullshit is this? Well, I clicked on it, and what it is is it's like three strips of hard plastic. Mm-hmm. In a football shape. Oh, okay. With emptiness in between each strip of plastic so that it'll actually fucking land on something. That's how you get your three-sided die. And I was like, that's actually fucking genius. Yeah, or you could just roll a four-sided die minus one, which is right. usually what happens in D&D. Uh, so, yeah, so you roll the different die, and then each player has their own player card that has, like, a special ability. So, like... Uh, like the Mandalorian. So if you buy, if you if you buy a hideout, like the properties are all called hideouts. So okay. all the locations are quote hideouts, and the point is to buy as many hideouts as you can. 
just like in Monopoly, the point is to buy as many properties as you can. But the the idea is you're buying hideouts to hide in, right? Which is pretty Got it. genius, pretty uh-huh. clever. So, like his ability is when you when you buy something, when you let's see when you pay when you have to pay rent to somebody, you know, you land on their hideout and have to pay rent. The Mandalorian pays ten or twenty credits less than what it says on the card. Uh-huh. Like you keep twenty, you keep part of that rent for yourself. Okay. As, pay, as payment, I guess, for whatever you did. I mean, that's supposed to represent something. <laughs> and then, like, the Ugnot is, uh, if you uh, if you buy from the bank, you buy it cheaper than what the okay. face value of the property is. So just silly shit like that. Right. And then IG-11, if you when you battle the Imperial pieces, like, you get to roll an extra die or add a, add a one to your roll or something. I forget what it is. But he's got like a battle enhancement instead of money. Wow. So it sounds complicated, but it's not. It's really no, no, pretty no. Simple. It's, it's pretty simple. But it's one of those things where it's like if you read it, it would sound complicated. But in practice, it seems like it's pretty fucking straightforward. Right. And so there's three imperial pieces. There's an incinerator trooper, a uh, a death trooper, and uh, Moff Gideon. Uh-huh. And and they all there's three. No, there's four. No, there's three. Uh, no, there's four. There's on one each on on each side of the board. There's one imperial outpost. Was it Black Friday? <laughs> and they each start out on one of those outposts at the beginning of the game, and then when you land on the corresponding um, space in front of that outpost that says Imperial Advance, it's your ass. Then you then you have to roll the six-sided die again, and then then those guys get to come out of the outpost, and then they move clockwise around the board. Oh, the, shit. The, the, number, the number of spaces that you rolled. So then anytime they're in play and you land on or pass their spot, you have to stop at their spot and fight them oh. before you move on. And there's some other rules, too, but like if you have the child and you hit, hit go to jail... You go to jail, but the child stays on the spot. Go to jail, so now he's by himself. Uh oh. So now, if an imperial passes him, he's captured, and the game's over immediately. Like if he's oh, by fuck. himself, you yeah. If he's by if he's by himself, and one of the imperials get him, then the game's over, and everybody loses. But then, but then once all of the once all of the properties are bought, or there's only like one battle card left for each of the imperials. Then Gideon gets to come out of the outpost, and now he's in play. And so if you end up defeating him, then the game's over immediately, too. And you win. And everybody wins. But, well, uh-huh. whoever has the most money wins, I think. Right. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It sounds like it. I mean, it, it feels like they put some time into figuring out, like, the essence of the show, like, the, the different points of the show and... and building that into this game so that it feels like you're actually in a way sort of playing that story kind of as much as you can in a monopoly based board game (laughs) yeah but it it it, i think the fucking i would have to grab it and look at it but i don't think they put that much thought into the scooby-doo one 20 years ago maybe the new version of it they did i don't don't know did I don't think they did any of them like that 20 years ago. I think they were all just like, well, we'll just change right. the spaces to be right. theme, theme of properties. Like fucking, for, yeah. 
Right, instead of like Park Place or like you want to get fucking the fun land where Charlie came from. So, yeah. But that's still fucking awesome. It's pretty cool. It's pretty pretty neat. That one in the Mario one's pretty cool. I think we've, we've tried playing some other ones too. Like there was a Sonic one. Yeah. That we got and that one, that one sucked. It was so tedious. <laughs> it was all about getting rings and losing rings and... It was like, well, yeah, oh it's God, fucking it's, Sonic. I know, but it was just, it did not make for a very fast or enjoyable game. It was all right. bean counting, <laughs> almost literally bean counting. Right. Now that makes me want to check out my Indiana Jones one too, which that one, I mean, the gameplay on it could suck ass. I don't care. That comes in like a wooden crate that it's like the rest oh, of it could be dog shit. Yeah, that sounds cool. I didn't uh-huh, really need one is. of those. For a while, Ma was trying to collect Monopoly games, so I ended up with some really cool ones. Huh. That's an unusual collection. <laughs> I kind of, but it was real hot for a minute there where everybody was like, oh, we should collect Monopolies. And she was like, well, here's a thing. But, I mean, I like I said, I got the Scooby one from somebody out there in House Springs. But when Crystal Skull came out is when I got the indie one, and it's like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, that's my pimp spot is uh, Mandalorian Monopoly. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that's fucking... It makes me want to look into like other Star Wars Monopolies that might be out there if they have the same sort of mechanics to them. And they're not just like by the Death Star, you know? Right. I don't know. The one that came out around Force Awakens sounded like it was what you're talking about, where it's like, buy fucking Mos Eisley Cantina. Yeah. Oh, that's that's on this game actually. Yeah. You can you can buy Mos Eisley Cantina. Nice as a yep. hideout. Mm-hmm. That's fucking cool. Yep. You can buy the Armorer's Workshop. Oh. And the fucking Sorghum Forest or whatever the fuck that forest was that he went to with the fucking. Are you mixing up the Mandalorian with Candyland? No. The Sorghum Forest? No, it's like Sorgan or something. I don't know what oh, it's okay. called. But it looks like Sorghum, so that's what I call it. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, in real time for us, that starts in less than a week. I know, I can't wait. Oh, fucking boner so time. So fucking excited. Definite boner time. I'm not trying to spin this into this, because I got a pimp spot too, but my fucking weekends are rock solid for the next like five weeks. On Thursdays or Fridays, I forget what day it is. Is it going to be Thursdays, I think? We get Mando, and then on Sundays, I get new Taker Docs. Yeah. Wait. No, not on Thursday. What day is it? It's still going to be Friday. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Cause I said Thursdays or Fridays. Oh, I thought you said just Thursday. No, it's it should be Friday, because it's the 30th, right? That's that's this Friday. Bitch, I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe they're going to switch them back and forth. Who, who knows? Who gives a shit? It's on streaming so you can watch it whenever you want yeah who gives a shit they're giving it to us that's all that matters and fucking they said they're ready to start shooting again in november for season three and it's like holy that's insane to me get on it fellas but um yeah we'll talk about maybe the taker doc thing in a minute but before that on november 13th one of the greatest things that could possibly fucking happen is gonna happen um Joe Biden will be certified as the next president of the United States. Yeah, good luck. That's going to be a long fucking journey, homie. <laughs> we'll be lucky if we know by the 13th. Yeah. No, fucking ACDC's new album comes oh. out, bitches. Oh, yeah. Oh, 
I can't wait. Fucking yeah. tomorrow at like 9 a.m. they're going to debut the first video for uh, Shot in the Dark. Ready for that. Now, is it an Ozzy Osbourne cover? No. It is awesome. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. It is really like weird when bands will put out a song that's, yeah. named, the same, that's named the same as another song in the same genre from like 20 years before. Yeah, like, I know. Guy, guys, guys, you know there's a song called that already, right? Like a very famous song called that, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe like pick a different name. <laughs> yeah. But, I thought of that I, too, lot, but it's like. I see a lot of bands do that. It's like, oh, guys, yeah. come on, man. Just uh, just put a, just a little more thought. And like you said, it's your first instinct is like, oh, it's a fucking cover. Weird choice fucking damn near 50 years into a career to be like we're a cover band again no i didn't really think it was a cover i just it's a good fucking song too what i loved the most about it is it sounds like a fucking bonus track off of uh black ice Mm, maybe it was (laughs) well from what fucking angus is saying is like they knew that malcolm was like getting real bad so they started fucking they started working him like a dog kind of Crank it out, bitch. <laughs> and he's like, ah, oh, who are you people and where is my horse? And they're like, shut the fuck up. That's a Carlin bit, dick. Do music. We need 10 riffs a day. <laughs> and he's like, well, we can do that. We do like, you know, three chords. That's all we do. And they're like, shut the fuck up. That's what journalists have been saying for years. Which I saw an interview from uh, when they played Donington and somebody brought that up. And he's like, what do you say to people you know, who say all of your songs sound the same. And Angus said something like, this tells you how long ago it was, too, because he said, you know, people say, oh, you guys, you've put out fucking 11 albums that all sound the same. And he goes, they're wrong, and it's provable. We've put out 12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like, that I-, they, I like that they lean into it, too. They're like, yeah, so what? This is what we sound like. All, all you fuckers buy this stuff anyway, so obviously people like it. There was an interview back in the 70s where somebody had brought that up to Malcolm or Angus, I forget which one, and they were like, yeah, that's the fucking point. And the interviewer was like, what? And he goes, we're not here to fucking show off, and we're not breaking ground. We We were working men, and that's who we fucking make music for. Normal, average people. And he goes, people want to give a shit for that, but too bad. That's what we do. And I've been thinking about that a lot, too, with this, because I've seen people saying, oh, it sounds like ACDC again. And it's like, look at, like, Metallica. Whenever they would change their sound a little, people would be like, fuck you, the old shit's better. Or even, like, the Rolling Stones. People are like, just give us the hits. We don't want your new shit. Right. And I mean, you brought up politics. It's the same thing with politics. One week they hate this person because they went the way they didn't support. The next week they're like, well, you you know, your fucking ideology felt my way. So you're the greatest person ever. It's like, you fuckers can't see what hypocrites you are. One minute you're shitting on Metallica because they changed. Mm, now you're shitting now on because on... they're exactly the same. Yeah. Right. But uh, apparently, yeah. Right before, or as he was starting the downward slide, they, him and uh, Angus and Malcolm started working hardcore and built up even more of a catalog of shit to pull from later. Because I can't find the interview, but I saw an interview, and it looked like they were on like a houseboat or something. It looked like a boat. You know when I say like a boat, 
what I mean when I describe that, right? Like I'm on a boat. Yeah. <laughs> small little fucking couch in front of a, like a weird Formica table or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Maybe it was right. a bus. Was it a bus? It could have been. Well, but uh, uh, but Winnebago or something. Right. It could have been, but it looked it looked like a boat to me. That's the only way I can describe it. It probably was a bus. But um, they had interviewed Malcolm and Angus, and they're like, yeah, we've got like a box of shit mm-hmm. that we've built up over the years, and we go through the box when every album comes up, and we pick out stuff and see what you know speaks to us, and that's what we put on the next album. So apparently when Malcolm was getting bad in like 08, they were like, we need to fucking get as much as we can because it looks like he's, you know, going down. Well, Angus has said that like Rocker Bust and this album is basically all songs that they wrote right around the time they did Black Ice, Mm. which is kind of interesting to me because I don't say this to be shitty, but Rocker Bust... It sounds like a party album to me. I'm pretty party sure album? I said this before. Yeah. And when I say that, it sounds like if you're watching a movie and there's just like generic music playing in the background. Oh, okay. It's not in your face. It's not obtrusive. It's just like sets the mood of the party. That's okay. what Rocker Bus sounded like to me. Okay. Now, don't get me wrong. There are songs on there that I think are some of their best, like fucking... The title track, Rock or Bust, great fucking song. Rock uh, rock the Blues Away, great fucking song. But it's just, it's kind of a middling album for them, in my opinion. Whereas Black Ice was like, ask me, that's as great as fucking Back in Black or Highway to Hell. But Shot in the Dark sounds like a bonus track from Black Ice. So hopefully they can keep that tone for the whole fucking 12 tracks. Because... If so, oh, I'm going to be even more in than I already am because it says ACDC. But, yeah, this is the long-rumored album that, you know, we've been hearing about for two years. Yep. That that they were supposedly not making, and then they were making, but not making. Uh, Well, that was all the fucking internet because Angus and he's always been like, I don't care what people are saying, I'm not going to address it. So you would have people fucking who know the band come out and say, oh, yeah, they're doing this. It's ready to go any moment. Uh-huh. And then the rumor mill would start up and be like, they're announcing something next week. And then, you know, nothing happens. Next week would come by. Next week would be two months ago. And it's like, so what happened? And people would be like, well, it's, you know, it's coming. <laughs> and Angus said in an interview, too, that like they were legit gearing up. To announce a tour and everything right when the Rona hit. Ooh. So this has kind of been kicked down the road a little bit due to all the bullshit. Yep. And that was another thing. I saw a lot of musicians saying, well, you know, now's not the right time to be releasing music. To which I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Now is the perfect time. What? They're in in criticism of them? No, no, no. no. Like, in 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 general. Like, over the yeah. summer, I, I want to say, like, Lady Gaga or somebody, a big name was like, now's not the time to be releasing new music. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Why? Because you can't tour and make money off of it right That's now? why. That's exactly uh, why. It's like, now is the time because people are looking for shit to do. There's only so many times you can go through Netflix. Yeah. Entertain us, monkey. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, we finished, uh, not to derail your pimp spot, but this could be my pimp spot part two, but... 
Why the fuck you get two? I don't know. This is just a mini. Uh, it's like a mini <laughs> one. We we finished that uh, Ratchet show. Oh, okay. It was so good, and then the ending was kind of like, really? It was. It wasn't like a letdown, but it was kind of like, I don't know that I like that. <laughs> so we'll have to see what happens next season. But all the way up to that was really fucking good. Just a little catch up. I think you mentioned that after we recorded last time. It wasn't on mic. Oh, it wasn't? No. Oh, shit. Okay, well, yeah, you should go watch Ratchet on Netflix. It's really <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, you, you ratchet assholes. <laughs> yeah, ratchet asshole. <laughs> and, I, and I saw, and I f- figured out why there's so many people that have been... Careful. No, there were so many people <laughs> on that show that were on American Horror Story. Same it's dude, because, yeah. It's the same dude, that's why. Yep. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. Yeah, he does kind of like Kev did in the 90s. He's got a core stable of fucking actors, and he's loyal to them. Yeah, Sarah Paulson is really fucking good in this. (sighs) Everybody's really good, actually. Everybody says she's awesome, but and this might need to be cut, but she reminds me too much of... Really? Yeah, she looks... In the looks? Yeah, she Hmm. looks so much like her that I'm just like, eh, I don't want to I always think she looks like Elizabeth Perkins. Elizabeth Perkins. She was Tom Hanks' girlfriend in Big. She was in... I know the name, but I'm blanking on the face. Give me a second. Let's see. Elizabeth... In fact, that's who I thought it was at first when I walked in, because my wife was... Jennifer was watching it, started watching the first episode one night, and I was like, what the hell is this? And she was like, I don't know. I saw a commercial for it, and I was interested. And she's like, but it's not exactly what I thought it was going to (laughs) be. But then we got into it, and uh, I was like, is that Elizabeth Perkins? What the hell? I was like, she can't. That can't be her. She's way old by now. <laughs> Elizabeth Perkins. Oh, oh, oh! Really? That's who she reminds you of? Kinda. Huh. <laughs> this is sad, but you know what would have made me th- know exactly who she is right away? What? If you had said she was Wilma in the live-action Flintstones movie. Oh, for fuck's sake! Okay. Yeah, I guess so. Hey, dude, I was three when that movie came out. That was a big part of my childhood. Oh, I get it. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it's good. It's about the, the nurse from uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Right. Um, when she was younger. When she wasn't way old. No, but she was still way kind of psycho. Yeah. Yeah. But in a kind of damaged psycho way. Not not like a psycho-psycho, but like a... She's like dam- she's like a damaged person, and this is like right. how she thinks she has to get by in life. It was a very good like period piece too. Like uh, it's set in 1947, okay. so it's it's all very the costumes are kind of cool, and the the way it's the way it's shot is really cool, and the music it feels like a, a Hitchcock movie. Hmm, it's it's really good. It sounds fun at least, or interesting. I mean, that you know, fucking. Just to do a little bitching. The word interesting. Y'all need to get off the word interesting's dick. Why? Because when I say interesting, people are like, oh, you don't like it? And it's like, interesting means good. It means I'm interested. I've yeah, it noticed. Depends, in- it depends on how you say it. If I say it's interesting, then that means I don't know if I like it or not. It's all in, and- it's all in the way you deliver it. No, horse shit. When I say interesting, I unless I say it like that. Which rarely do I. Yeah. People get a fucking... They got a hang up with the word interesting. Y'all need to get over your fucking selves. Bitches. Yeah. 
Okay, so back to your back to your thing. Um, that's about it. Power up November thirteenth. I can't wait to hear more than just fucking shot in the dark. Now you cocksucker! I keep hearing the Aussie version in my head, <laughs> or the Aussie song in my head. Aha! Uh-huh. Yep. Because it was in one of the Grand Theft Auto games. I yeah. want to say Vice City, but I'm not exactly sure. But I remember. I don't think it was Vice City. I don't remember being in Vice City. I, but it, well, maybe, maybe it was. Let's see. Maybe it was because that's that would have been eighty six. I think was uh, that album. Uh, probably then, yeah. So it would have fit with the eighties um, feel. Yeah, the timeline of that. But I, I think it was in a uh, Grand Theft Auto game, and I just remember, and it, I, I'm almost positive it was Vice City because there are so many great songs in Vice City. Yeah. That's on fucking V Rock, I remember getting on a bike, riding down the coast, and just having awesome fucking songs playing on V Rock. Yeah, Vice City is a good game, very good game. Yeah, all them GTA games are. Yeah, but yeah, Power Up, November thirteenth. It's burned into my fucking brain, yo. I can't wait. Oh, I can't fucking wait. I gotta know what fucking secrets are uh, they're hiding from me right now. What do you mean secrets? Well, I mean we we've heard literally nothing from it, but oh, yeah. shot in the dark. Yeah. I I want to know if like how bluesy they get on it because fucking that oh. was that was like the fucking secret weapon of Black Ice. That's a real fucking funky bluesy album, man. But yeah, I want it. Um. Fuck it, since you did a double pimp spot, I am going to double up then on that fucking Taker Doc. The Taker Doc, okay. Uh, sure. Since, since he's celebrating 30 years this year, which holy fuck is crazy, WWE decided, it's kind of fucking stupid, they're calling it 30 Days of the Dead Man, but it's really like five days of the Dead Man spread out over five weeks. <laughs> but each week they're going to be doing... Uh, Undertaker-themed documentary, releasing a new one on the network. Yeah, see, when you told me about it, I was like, oh, cool, are they going to play, like, 30 of his best matches or something? No. And then and then you're like, uh, no, not really. I'm sure they'll do some kind of curated collection, which I don't think we talked about that. Um, Last Ride's coming out on Blu-ray sometime next month. I don't know if we talked about that or not, but, yeah, that's coming out, and... We pretty much know absolutely nothing about what's going to be on that disc either. Yeah. But um, it launched today with a, uh, they've got this series, WWE Untold, where they take like a storyline or a match, mm-hmm. kind of dig in deep on it from what I've heard. They didn't go too deep on this storyline, at least not as deep as I would have wanted. Mm-hmm. But they did kind of like talk about all the big milestone moments of it. But it was uh, Taker versus Randy Orton, their feud from, like, 2005. Yeah. It was pretty fucking good, though. Hmm. Um, Randy did let something out about the first match of it that was kind of surprising that he would talk about it. Because he's kind of been a bit cagey about his history because he was a fucking dick when he was younger. Oh, yeah. I, I told you my cousin worked with him, right? I think you did, yeah. Well, like I said, they've talked about some stories. Like he signed, he joined the Marines. He did like two days of training or something. And he was like, "Nope," 
and fucking took a bus, came back to town. And then he got, like, court-martialed, dishonorably discharged, all that shit. I think he did some military jail time. No shit. I, I could be wrong about that, but I know it was a big thing because he basically was a fucking deserter after he signed up. And that's why, like, when he was announced to be in, like, the Marine 3 or t- 4 or something like that, oh, people were like, pe- are you fucking people... shitting me? Oh, I get it now. So, he was kind of pulled off it real quick, and they gave the job to The Miz. A real fucking step down. <laughs> yeah. But, don't get me started on Miz. Oh, I fucking hate that prick. Anyway, he's kind of, sort of, barely touched on anything. Like I said, there was a rumor, and I think it's not a rumor but we'll just say a rumor that he was at a christmas party one time and allegedly shitting some chick's purse (laughs) (laughs) yeah allegedly allegedly we'll say Mm -hmm. but uh yeah that's kind of dude he was alleged to have been and he says in this and he's like yeah i was kind of an asshole or kind of a dick when i was a kid well it's good if he grew out of it it seems like he has but he says he's like yeah i was kind of a dick when i was a kid every year when they do mania it's like the hall of fame the night before and then mania he goes morning of the hall of fame we were supposed to be going through what was going to happen in the match it was taker uh bob orton jr um john laurinitis was an agent ricky steamboat was an agent and uh the referee all six of them were supposed to be going through the match well randy goes well the night before i had kind of you know gotten shit-faced or something like that i forget what he said but basically like he was too fucked up and he goes i got there as they were finishing up so they went through the fucking rundown of this match without the second man he said yeah i know i used to be a dick and he goes it's a lot worse than i'd like to admit or something like that so it's like oh i'm thinking that purse story was true (laughs) probably yeah So, so did they punish him well, that's match? what he said. He goes, I I always fucking was grateful to Taker because he never gave me shit about that. And he goes, that was like a make or break moment. If he had, you know, gone oh, the yeah. wrong way, I probably wouldn't be where I am. Probably, definitely. Uh-huh. Well, and there is a good fucking, well, not good <laughs> so much, but an interesting moment in there. At the beginning, he says, that was the feud that taught me what receipts were. Mm-hmm. Because um, he gave Taker a chair shot. Taker, you know, fell down. He was on his hands and knees and shit. He goes, Taker got up on his knee. And he goes, now what was supposed to happen was I was supposed to swing the chair, hit him with the fucking seat of the chair. He goes, well, I was off by about two inches. Oh. And I remember this. And I was like, oh, no, I know where this is going. He goes, I was off by about two inches. I hit him in the forehead and it drug down to the tip of his nose. And Taker was fucking bloodied. Oh. And he goes, Taker just told me, like, no matter what, just keep going. And he goes, that's our training. And they were talking to Taker, too, and he was saying basically the same thing. He goes, our training is, no matter what, just keep going, get to the end of the segment. And Randy goes, I saw him afterwards, and I was like, oh, my God, I am so sorry. And even Taker was like, it's a freak accident. Shit happens. He goes, but half of his job is to make sure I don't get hurt. Right. And Randy goes, I go up to him, I was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. And he's like, don't worry, kid, I'll get you back. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the blow-off for the feud was Hell in a Cell. This is months fucking later. Mm-hmm. And Taker told him, he goes, you ready to get your receipt? And Randy's like, I was like, oh, fuck. Taker fucking 
hauled off and pounded him with this chair. And Randy goes, one, I deserved it. But two, he goes, even though he was getting his revenge for my fuck up, he goes, he still made sure he took care of me. And I mean, Randy bladed to make it look, you know, way worse. But you could tell still Taker fucking laid into him a bit. That's what I. That's why I was asking whether they punished him for fucking up, not being yeah. there when they went through it, and like not make mm-hmm. him look like shit, but like work him stiffer than they would have. Uh, well, I don't think specifically for that. I know that's um in the past that's been kind of right tradition. Like if you don't, if you fuck up, you're gonna get. Uh, well, like I've told you before, like that chair shot with Ken Kennedy. That was one of the times where it's like. Taker went a bit too far, and we've talked about it before. We're like, for years, it was rumored Taker was like Vince's personal hitman. If somebody fucked up, Taker was the one to take care of it. Yeah. That chair shot where he hit fucking Mr. Kennedy, it's one of the most fucking brutal. And I mean, he was completely safe about it, but he wrapped that chair around Kennedy's head, dude. And the fucking thud of it is stomach churning. So it's like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Now, do they ever doctor those chairs? Or those aren't real, um, legit steel chairs that they just went to Target and got a fucking steel chair, right? I th- they, they, they can't possibly they can't possibly fold like that if they're like a real chair, right? Well, I don't know, dude. Because if you see the way they swing those chairs back in the day, I think they're legit. Because like you see them fucking slam them into the mat and shit, like before or after they hit somebody in it dents the chair and it's like that didn't move as much as you know like a worked chair or a gimmick chair would or you would hope so it's like i don't know yeah it's hard to tell some sometimes they seem like they gotta almost be like when it almost leaves a fucking face impression in the seat right right you know but then other times you could tell it's definitely not if it doesn't because it doesn't bend as much but sometimes they do they like crumple like they almost look like aluminum foil I can tell you two instances where I know for a fact the chairs weren't gimmicked. The one with Kennedy, because like I said, that kid was fucked after that match. But another time, I think it was Judgment Day, I want to say 05. I can't remember exactly, but it was um, Eddie versus JBL. And I think, I don't know if it's like just the company record, but Eddie lost the most blood in that match that I've ever seen. Because JBL's swing was just a little off, and he hit Eddie with the hinge. Ooh. Yeah. By the end of this match, Eddie's... it. You just look at him, it's like, why didn't somebody stop this? Which goes to show you how much shit has changed in the last 15 years. Yeah. Because, like, now if somebody gets a uh, tiny cut, they're like, whoa, 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 stop, stop, stop. Yeah. Well, yeah, plus they've got, like, concussion protocols and stuff, too, now, probably. Right. Well, now there's no unprotected chair shots. Like, everybody gets a hand up. Gotcha. So, yeah. Yeah, Mick Foley's like, thanks, guys. (laughs) Well, that was the thing back in the day. Like, if you did throw a hand up, everybody would be like, pussy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take it like a man. It's like, ooh. I'd be fine being called a pussy. I don't want to fucking scramble my brain. And that's the thing that kills me, like, with all this concussion shit now. Mm. Like, with the NFL specifically, you got these guys who are like, well, we didn't know. And it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, but meanwhile, the guys who actually played are like, yeah, we fucking knew. Right. <laughs> well, but, that's why they call, like, it, they, they call it having your bell rung. But, right. 
that's but it's that's like a, that's a nice way of saying you, you just damaged your brain, dude. Mm-hmm. That's, they, they knew the people in charge did wanted to act like they didn't know, but. Well, I mean, even the players, though, you hear some of them going, well, well, we didn't know. They tried to tell us it was fine. And it's like, I'm sorry. I don't care if the company's telling you it's fine. Mm-hmm. Look at the dudes from like 20 years before you got there. And when they're all fucking like jacked in the brain and they can't fucking form a coherent sentence. It, nobody was hiding this shit from you. But yeah, like even like deep into the 90s, I've heard stories of guys being like, no, that's pussy shit. And it's like. Call me a pussy, but I'd be fucking throwing a hand up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't. I well. Yeah, you probably just wouldn't be in that line of work if you couldn't do it without putting a hand up. True. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying the the fucking psychos that would actually do it and not put their hand up. That's right. the ones that get the job. Right. That's true. If, well, if look at Foley. To, yeah, if you wanted to put your hand up, you wouldn't even have gone to that line of work in the first place. That's very fucking true. But like I said, <laughs> look at Foley. The motherfucker was jumping off of roofs onto like two mattresses. Yeah, for fun. That was yeah. Just, that wasn't even paid. That was just because just because. That's because he was a kid and he was like, "Let's make a movie and this will be my stunt." And everybody's like, mm-hmm. "Well, what do you?" And he's like, "Okay, here I go." And it's like, "No, I need a wet sponge." Oh, <laughs> uh, you got a car battery? Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, uh, we've got, uh, I forget what the other documentaries are. I know one is about Paul Bearer, because that's the other thing. Everybody talks about, oh, it's Taker, 30 years. And I mean, yes, he's been there, you know, week to week for like 20 of those 30 years and, you know, part-time like the last 10-ish or so. But everybody forgets that Paul Bearer's been around for almost, well, I mean, he's dead now, but... He had been around or part of the Taker fucking mystique for like six months after Taker debuted. Oh, he wasn't there from the start? I thought he was no. there from the very start. No, Bruce Pritchard was his brother love, which is fucking weird, but... That is weird. I love you. It did make for a good contrast, though, because you got fucking dark black and gray and then bright white and red. Mm, but yeah. still, it's a weird fucking choice. That's weird. Yeah, Paul Bear was a much better choice. Fucking A. And I mean, honestly, that's, I'm sure what, uh, uh, like, because he didn't talk, so who's his mouthpiece? This fucking right. creepy ghoul of a undertaker or a mortuary dude or whatever. Which, which you know that was, like, legit, right? He did, did he have really a mortuary. funeral. Yeah. I think I did know that. He had a mortuary degree he or looks, whatever? He, he looks like a fucking mortician. Yeah. Like, for real. Like, even uh-huh. without the makeup on, it's like, ugh. Yep. Morticians always, to me, look like more honest used car salesmen. There's something just a little off about them. Yeah. Well, I mean. Exactly. You, you, <laughs> again, like with putting the hand up for the chair. Right. You, you, know, you don't go to be a mortician <laughs> unless there's <laughs> little, maybe something, something special about you. <laughs> <laughs> It's, but, uh, it's, there's a reason. There's a reason why it's a, it runs in a family. <laughs> that there, there's a reason why it's all. They're always family businesses that have been handed down. You passed down, down from, that particular gene of crazy. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> you just li- grow up with it, and it's like not a big deal. Right. But then Joe Average comes in off the street, and they're like, "You want me to do what with that fucking big giant needle trocar thing? I don't <laughs> think so." Uh, right. One of Molly's friends trained as a mortician. Okay. She was going to be anyway. I was going to say. Her, her, jo- her job before that was butcher. 
I'm seeing a butcher. fucking theme here. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, does, is she still friends with this person? Yeah, she is. Yeah, that's probably how, why he, one of the reasons, big reasons probably that he got to be so popular was Paul Bear and that whole creepy thing that he was doing. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think by himself it would have lasted very long. Um, that's always an interesting fucking mental debate or exercise. I mean, I think he would have. I mean, I mean, I think he would have lasted, but I don't think the character would have necessarily lasted. Right, because I mean, he's talked about it too, and you know, maybe he could have. It just would have accelerated a lot of what happened, like his transformations. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, Uh, but. Yeah, I think so, because they really got to lean into what the original idea was mm-hmm. that they never could have done with Brother Love as well, but they really got to lean into that fucking Western mortician. Right, and I don't, with think, Paul. The whole, and I don't think the whole Kane thing would happened. Oh, it definitely think, wouldn't have. I don't think that would have happened, because you wouldn't have been able to get into the weird supernaturally type shit. Well... That you could have, but I think the familial bond and wrapping in that history of all of that shit that had kind of been hinted at a little bit, and then like making Paul Kane's dad and all that, yeah, that really added a lot of years to his career as The Undertaker. But I think there's a way it could have done, but it would have, I think he would have got burnt out on the character a lot quicker than he did. Yeah, probably. And. He would have had that shift to American Badass a lot sooner, which could have ended up killing his career or something. I don't know. Yeah. But another funny thing um, he said, and they they talked about this a lot in Last Ride, but he talked about at the end of it, you know, how grateful he was to fucking have his career and shit. And he said, and it always comes back when, you know, he was able to give back to guys like Randy. It always comes back in his mind. So you know this fucked with him and stuck w- stuck with him for now, what, 31 years or whatever? Mm-hmm. That in WCW, who I forget who the booker was at the time. I, I want to say, I don't know, so I'm not going to say. But whoever the booker was. Oh, yeah, told him he wasn't going to amount to nothing. Right. Told him nobody. He said this quote so many times. Nobody will ever pay money to watch you wrestle. Yeah. Which is such a fucked up thing to tell somebody. Well, you hear that all the time about, and not even just in that, but like some of those right. comedy podcasts that I would listen to, the these comedians would talk about the same kind of shit. Like people would, I mean, big time comedians, like people who are super popular and super right. funny now, and they're and they're like when they're coming up, like the the other comedians and the, some of the other comedians that are ahead of them, you know, they'd be like, or like people who book the rooms and stuff, are like nobody's ever gonna pay money to watch you. You're terrible. You know, like just the shittiest things they say, and then they turn out to be these big stars. I think with part of that too is like I think some of these bookers and shit in comedy, especially, say that to these fuckers because they know they're good. Mm-hmm. They want to keep part, them right. Yeah. Part of it is like they don't want to lose this talent because. If you get to be a big name, you're not fucking doing small rooms anymore other than to work new material for a special or something. You turn into like a stadium or arena comedian. Well, and a lot of these people that are bookers, and I'm sure it's the same way in wrestling too, is they're like failed they're failed wrestlers or they're failed comedians. They're frustrated. Right. They're frustrated comedians, so now they do that. Like the whole thing of like those who can't do teach. Mm-hmm. Well, same thing. 
Which I mean, I mean, we've talked about this before. I've it still fucking haunts me. And like when I do something that does get traction, I do always think, "Haha, fuck you, bitch." I had that teacher who told me she's like, "You're never gonna be a writer." In like fifth grade, dude. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, that shit fucking sticks with people. Yeah. Yeah, I was so, lucky. I don't think I ever really had anybody tell me something like that. Yeah. But I also didn't put myself out there very much either, so. Right. You know. But, yeah, it is it it is fucked up the things people will say to somebody else like oh, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I Just mean. offhandedly. Right. In, in um, like, a matter-of-fact way, too. Mm-hmm. It's like, everybody knows this. Right. Yeah, how come you can't see it, dummy? Mm. <laughs> Fucking A. But um yeah, that's my other pimp spot. Fucking Oh, and it all's going to it's all going to culminate with uh Taker going back on Stone Cold's uh Broken Skull sessions for the second time. Oh, cool. And that's basically Taker said in Last Ride. That's basically what like opened him up to you know, being like I don't have to keep this image every fucking day when I go out in public. Right. So it'll be interesting to see him go back now being more comfortable giving interviews and shit. Yeah, that's insane that he has to keep that up, or he had to keep that up all the time. Well, and that's the thing. It's like, he didn't have to. No, but he did. He felt like he had to. Right, because he came from the old school of, like, you never break the gimmick, but it's it's crazy to me that, you know... Yeah, but everybody else's gimmicks are a little bit easier to right. <laughs> carry over into your real life. Right, like, Hul- like Hulk Hogan could be Hulk Hogan in real life, and not, you know. Right. You can't like, yeah. Uh, again, it's like how it's crazy how things have changed in such a short amount of time. But yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Excuse me, fuck. Over the next five we- uh, Sundays. Yeah. Cool. But um, let's see how much time we got. Holy shit! What? We're an hour and thirteen minutes in. Fuck me. I thought we were like 45 minutes. Mm, no. Well, we're not getting to the Scooby production code thing in this episode. Why not? Um, Because I'm not cutting a two-hour episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's going to take a lot of fucking time. <laughs> okay. It bums me out that we're not getting to it, but... Um, but yeah. That's something to look forward to in 105, gang. We're going to be talking about... I made a fucking big discovery. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, you finally broke it loose, huh? A little bit. I cracked the case on that one, at least on one series. Yeah. Which might have helped me, you know, crack it open on two or three other shows. You're like a fucking archaeologist or something. I'm a... I. What does it say in the intro to commentaries? Half dog, half man. I'm like a fucking dog with a bone. Yeah? I ain't gonna let that shit drop till I get something. And boy, did I... <laughs> But yeah, we'll talk about that in 105. Um, I'm going to throw this in your fucking face and see what you think. What do you want to talk about? Star Trek Enterprise or Dungeons and or Dragons? Because um, I got big developments on both fronts. Oh, you got big developments. Well, let's do... I think I know what the Enterprise development was that you weren't going to... You didn't want to spoil for me. Okay. I mean, I don't know what it is, but I know that you had something that that you were excited about that you didn't want to spoil. Okay. Um, but I don't think I know what the Dungeons and Dragons ones would be, so why don't we do that one? You definitely know what that one is. I do? Yeah. You fucking facilitated it, fucker. Oh, yeah, that. Okay. 
I officially have my first Dungeons and or Dragon source book thingy majig. Yeah, hardcover and everything. Yeah. Not a PDF, not a Which fucking speaking of PDF, uh-huh. right now I am reading my first ever like full book in PDF ebook format. Never again. Never a fucking again, dude. I will never do it again. <laughs> it's definitely different. I can't fucking stand it. I how people fucking find it more enjoyable. We'll save that for a fuck this shit in a minute. No, it's de- it's definitely not more enjoyable. Somewhat more convenient at times, but it is definitely not better. Like I said, save I'm saving my chi cuz we're that's going to be my fuck this shit this episode, oh, okay. but Okay. We're bringing back all the shit from the depths of, you know, our shit pile. But yes, I officially have my first ever dungeon and or dragon. I don't know why I'm slipping into fucking Noido, but just roll with it. Um, source book. The Explorer's Guide to Fucking Wildmount. And I'm a scared. I'm looking at it and it's like, ooh, there's a map in the back. <laughs> I want to cut it out, but I don't want to. No, you don't want to cut it out. I Is do, because it... I want to look at it. Well, just open the book and look at it. No, it's like a full fold-out map, dude. Oh, well, then we need to get that PDF and we'll print the fucker out. Don't, don't, don't deface your book. Okay. But, oh, it's gigantic, my dude. Yeah? It's at least fucking, let's see. I would say it's at least four folds big. Yeah, that sounds about right. Which means it's gigantic. So, yeah, I've been fucking reading this thing. And it's a little hard on the eyes, too. I'm, uh, because I've been doing those fucking, you know, Halloween-themed reviews. Yeah. So that's been my reading lately. But I'm on page 13, which is kind of deep, considering how small the print is in this fucker. Oh, is it really small? It kind of, yeah. The critical role book? I mean, I would... I would say, like, it's probably a normal size for something like this. But, like, compared to a novel, it's pretty fucking small. And I've been having trouble with my eyes lately, dude. I, uh, th- that's, well, again, I'll mention it in the fucking fuck this shit, but i pretty sure, like, I classic strained my eye trying to read that fucker. <laughs> classic strained. Because my eye turned fucking red. I didn't pop like a blood vessel or anything, but it was red as a bitch, and I was looking up eye strain. Mm. I think I've got, like, eye death fucking falling in or something. Never look up your problems on the internet, kids. No, definitely do not do that. Because <laughs> I've, I've got death starting at the eye, is okay. what I found out. Mm. <laughs> Necrosis of the eyeball. Uh-huh, and, like, it eats your brain out, too, mm. and... You've got brain-eating so eyeball. Right. So we got that to look forward to. I'm, okay. I'm happy to document that over the next cool. two to three episodes. Oh, there's a new feature. <laughs> Doom's Death update. Mm-hmm. This week in Doom's Death. I can't hear or see no more. But he can still speak. No, he won't shut up. <laughs> <sighs> I, I just call him and fucking set the phone down. He just yammers for a while, and he can't hear me, so... <laughs> I just let him talk himself out until he passes out. An hour, four hours in, and I'm like, oh, yeah, we're still recording because he texts me while we do it, and then I make sure he thinks we're talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
But yeah, I strained my eyeball. It was my it was my good eye too, which is fucked up. And I think what I did is because I was closing my left eye to read or my right eye to read through my left eye, and that's what caused the strain. What? What? Why did you do that? Because my right eye, despite what they told me in school, my right eye has always been blurry. It's been a little bit blurry, so I closed it so I could not see blurry. You know, hmm. they told me in school, it's like, oh, you got 20-20 vision. You just want glasses. And it's like, who the fuck wants glasses, you idiots? I hated fucking school. I don't know if you can tell by this episode or not, but I fucking hated that piece of shit place. I can tell, yeah. But yeah, we would have like once a year they would come in and we went to, you know, Catholic school. So, of course, they're going to act like they treat you well while they steal your money. Um, They would bring in these people and check your... <laughs> check your hearing in your eyes and shit like mm-hmm. once a year twice a year something like that and hearing i was always fine on that i mean i would ignore to ignore the teachers anyway but my hearing was always fine but my right eye has always been blurry and when i would say that i remember this one bitch who came in to do the test and shit she got real fucking pitch- pissy with me and she was like you've got 2020 vision you just want glasses and i was like who wants glasses because people who wear glasses are always bitching about their glasses. Who wants glasses? My dad's got glasses. He bitches about them incessantly. My brother, he's got glasses. Yeah. I've got all kinds of issues, dude. My fucking foot still hurt. I still got a hole in my hand. It's healing, but I'm fine. Because <laughs> I punched a chair and then fell down the steps. <laughs> well, man, that happens sometimes, I suppose. Huh. What were we talking about? I don't even remember. That was a long fucking tangent of anger. It kind of was. Oh, Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I you got me that fucking... Uh, the Wild Mount book? That's the one. Yeah. And it is so cool. Yeah. Is it pretty, is it pretty cool despite the uh, destruction of your eyeball? Yeah. I mean, I can only, like, sort of see it a little bit, but... The muddy shapes I'm seeing, they seem interesting. Cool. <laughs> they seem interesting, not interesting. They're 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 interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no, it's pretty fucking good. And you know the thing it makes me want. Yeah. And what? they don't right now seem all that interested in it. It makes me want like critical role novels. Really? Hmm. Yeah, because like they're going in. It, all the work's done. Matt has done all this fucking work laying out like the history of Exandria and fucking Wild Mountain shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, even even like in Campaign One with Taldore and shit, he's got the entire history. Cause like, let's see what it is. Um, he's got this history of like the uh, what's it called, the Age of Arcanum and shit, and it's like a big event, and then the calamity, all these. Massive fucking events with the gods and whatnot. He's got it all worked out. So it's like, there's a great history there that they could either do a Vox Machina series of novels or even their new, their campaign two characters of Mighty Nine. They could do a series of novels as them or just create new characters in the world and fucking do it. But they seem more interested in doing comics right now because they've got like three, there's two volumes out right now and they've just, I think next month or in December, they're going to be doing a third volume of uh, comics about their uh, Campaign 1 characters before they started doing the streaming show. Mm -hmm. 
So that seems like their focus now, but it's like, fuck that. Give me a novel. Yeah, which is, but I mean, basically what Dragonlance was. Yeah. Yeah. So far, I'm digging it. There's a lot of fucking cool, like, history of the world type shit in here. Yeah. So is it all just, I like, haven't, is it all just like the campaign setting, or is, do they give you different subclasses? And uh, I haven't gotten that far, but yeah, they do. Oh, okay. Like, um... There's new, like, monsters and shit like that, I think. Let me look at the, uh... Hang on, hang on. Yeah, but there's, like, new items and character options and shit like that. Okay. Chapter 4 is character options. Uh, Chapter 6 is Wildmount Treasures. Chapter 7 is Bestiary. Bestiality. Sweet. Yeah, that too. Nice. Yeah, you can... Fuck like a frost worm. That doesn't sound pleasant. No, I should have picked something else, but that was the first thing I saw. Keep going till you find <laughs> the cherry pie worm. Um, Sea Fury? Uh, I don't know. Fury sounds kind of scary. Oh, you've never fucked a crazy girl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Ooh. Oh, you said you want cherry? Mm-hmm. How about a blood hunter? Ooh. Ooh. Uh, but let's see yeah there's all kinds of fucking well not all kinds there's like 20 new critters that's that's a fair amount for a for a non-monster manual Mm, okay so there's a bunch of shit then yeah that's cool there's 22 new maps of like zooming in on Mm -hmm. specific areas of the world yeah but yeah, it goes into uh, like the different factions and shit and secret society type stuff yeah. in the world. It's pretty fucking cool. Like I said, I'm on page 12 of like 300 <laughs> and there's um, like little adventure hook things in here too. Oh yeah. Which is like, all right, I'm 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 down for that too. That'd be fun. Cause let's see. <laughs> oh yeah, they've got there's like a breakdown of all the gods and whatnot too. That's pretty cool. I'm trying to see where are the story hooks. I want to say it's oh okay. It's probably chapter five adventures. Maybe. Let's see. Two hundred page two hundred. Oh yeah. Here's uh uh new character class type shit. Oh okay. I yeah. Think. Yeah yeah. It says there for the dungeon master. So yeah, there's all kinds of fucking cool shit. And I think he worked out like the gunslinger independently of what they had eventually done. He worked out like a gunslinger uh, class. Gunslinger? Yeah. So you can use guns and shit. Hmm. But he worked out the rules and mechanics for all that and whatnot. Seems pretty cool. I was never a big fan of guns in Dungeons and Dragons though. Yeah. It's been a it's been an option since um, Oriental Adventures, I think. Uh, they introduced like an arquebus and stuff in there. And when was that? Early '80s, probably. Oh, so like fucking. That's a long time ago, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it's. Been, I don't it's think it's been in there for a while. It's just. I don't think it was in Fifth Edition, and I think it was like a late edition to Fifth Edition, though. Because they started working on it on their own. And I think in that Tal'Dorei campaign book that isn't like official D&D, 
shit. It was put out by some little fucking company I'd never heard of till I started listening to Critical Role. Yeah. I think Green Ronin or something. Green Ronin. Yeah, I've heard of that. Well, you're a fucking loser nerd. I'm a cool nerd who's just getting into it and turn it into a loser. <laughs> yeah, you have a little ways to fall still. I don't know about that, but I think I've fallen pretty far. <laughs> um, but I think like he worked out his version of it and not long after they were like, oh, we got our version too, which is pretty cool, I guess. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I just never have I've just never been a fan of it. Like, it just doesn't feel like it fits to me. Yeah, I can understand. Yeah, the same way with like, um, even like psionics and stuff, and like, like weird telepathic shit, and like, right, the different planes and stuff. I, I just don't get down with that very easy. I, the like planes don't bother me as, but like psychic shit is kind of weird. Yeah, because it it feels like a hardcore sci-fi. Yeah type of trope except like i mean like if it's a monster that can do it that's one thing right but then if it's like well this person can fucking attack people's brains and stuff yeah that's just like eh. yeah no i feel you you know you and jay sarge are fucking dicks why is that because you bitches never told me anything about like the fucking aarakocra race the birds the what? I don't know what those are. You never are. heard of that? You don't know about no Aarakocra? Mm. I think they're in the Monster Manual or something, like NPCs or some shit. I don't know, but... Oh, okay. Well, may- I mean, maybe they're a monster that they turned into a, a race, but I don't... Yeah, they're basically fucking giant birds. And in a later source book, they did give like a stat block f- or rules for you to for use them. them as a player race? Right. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't know about Y'all that. Y'all are dicks, because I didn't know n- nothing about that. I could have been a fucking giant bird instead could of a have. goddamn dragon. That would have been awesome. Hmm. I heard about them listening to uh, Nerd Poker, because one dude on there was an Aarakocra. Hmm. It was fucking cool, man. <laughs> Cockala, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, my D&D-ness is growing. I like it. Yeah. It's good. I like it a lot. It's good. Like I was telling you, when I my first introduction to it was I found the red box set at my cousin's house, like under their. Pool, oh, I've heard like, all about that. Like, like stored under their pool table. There was like cabinets under their pool table, and right. Somehow I was going through the games and stuff that were under there, and I saw it, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool." And he's like, "Yeah, I don't want it." Yeah, he's like, "Yeah, I don't want. I don't like it." I was like, "I'll take it." And he's like, "Okay, fine." So that was my uh, that was my introduction to it, and that's pretty much all I had for a couple of years at least. So I can't right. so I can't imagine what it's like to be getting into it now and and having access to, to like fucking fifty years worth of <laughs> shit. You know, just go on the internet and read to till you're you know can't take yeah till you can't take it anymore. Like I said, I try to keep my focus on just the novels and fifth edition. Yeah. Because beyond that, there is a fucking sea of shit, dude. Oh, yeah. That I'm just like, I don't even know where to start with that shit. Yeah. Start at the beginning. Start at first edition. 
Well, like I said, though, I fucking... Fifth edition really feels like the best of all eras, but yeah. the one problem is, I will agree with you, they don't seem like they have much, like... There's not a lot of source source books or source... Uh, you know what I was going right. to say. Right, right, right. It, there's not a lot of, like, fucking story shit, you know? It's mostly just, like, here's a fucking... 10 new stat blocks for this character in this book mixed with, you know, 50 new items. Because, like, that Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. I was reading about all this shit on, like, Wikipedia, and they break down, like, what the books are intended for. Like, this half is, you know, it's like a supplement to the fucking uh, Monster Manual Mm -hmm. and the Player's Handbook. This book is like a supplement to uh, the DM's Guide and the Monster Manual. And they break down, like, you know, what each book is supposed to be geared towards, you know, like that. And there's, yeah, there's really not a lot. No, that's not, not really. the main issue, yeah. Yeah, and it's all, it's always like, well, it's all about campaign settings, really. And it's like, uh Kind of. You know, it's like, well, now we're going to do Icewind Dale, and now we're going to do fucking Salt Marsh, and now we're going to do sword coast and i'm like but what if you don't fucking play in forgotten realms right you know what i'm saying what if you got your own shit to build or like that fucking uh strad or whatever revamp oh, yeah, curse book of, that's coming curse of strad yeah now, right that's, like that now, that's a little different that's that's a little different because that's to me that's more like a um i mean i don't know what it is exactly because i've never really been into that ravenloft stuff too much but right that's that's more to me, almost like you could just take that to put horror stuff in your game. Like, it's not so much like this is this world, like like well, Forgotten Realms is. I mean, I guess it is, but that seems more useful than uh, right. here's just a place that has all the same flavors as just straight up plain D&D, but we're going to give you the, the realm to play in. From what I've heard on listening to like Dragon Talk, and it, it basically this seems like a follow up to my pimp spot in one hundred, <laughs> <laughs> but it basically it seems like a more fleshed out version mm. of like the Icewind Dale, yeah, book is what it seems like to me mm. because it's it's like a reissue of a campaign guide from a while ago. But they've added some shit, and like, especially the version that comes in like the coffin or whatever. Like, they've added a lot of physical specialty items that you could probably use in other campaigns and whatnot. But for the most part, it really does. It just seems like a slightly more fleshed out version of like Icewind Dale's that book or whatever, or the Waterdeep book. I mean, that doesn't bug me. It's just it. It's weird that they only seem to do like two to three books a year. Well, yeah, and but I mean, yeah, I mean that that doesn't seem that weird. But what seems weird is that every new book that comes out is just a campaign expansion of of some campaign setting, and that's where you get all of your your new shit, like your new player options and stuff, is all in these campaign settings. And it's like, well, what if that doesn't f- like? Why am I gonna? Well, write? I mean, just it's put- easy to kind of fucking homebrew that shit, though. Well, yeah, but I mean, they used to do like. Player's Handbook Two, and right. you know the you know Complete Fighter or some like books like that where right. they give you all these advanced options and stuff, but they're in a book that's specific to what you're 
yeah. interested in, not like, well, here's a here's a campaign guide, but then there's this section over here that might have a few things that would be interesting yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah, I, I think that would be a good idea to, like, take all of this shit that's in all of these books and do, like, a new edition or, like, an expanded edition of the Player's Handbook or something. With, like I said, with the fucking Aarakocra stat block and fucking rules and whatnot and shit like that. Yeah, I feel... I, See what you mean. West End Star Wars used to drive me crazy with that too, because they'd have these galaxy guides. Uh, they would they would they would give you like new locations and stuff, but mm-hmm. then they'd also give you like new force powers and new, you know, starship play ways to you know play starship battles and all this. And right. It's like well, it doesn't really go with the like. Why is this in a galaxy guide when it should be in its own? Like, don't quit piecemealing this shit. Right, right. You know, put this all in one source book and be done with it. I I guess the logic behind that is like, well, we've got this shit done right now. Well, Let's yeah. just get it out. Yeah, yeah. But, I'm sure. But. but I understand what you're saying, though. I really do. Where it's like, just hold on to the shit and put out volume two of the fucking player's handbook or whatever. Or right. put out an expanded edition. Right. I mean, that's what they used to do. But now it seems like they're all right with just, you know, it seems, I don't know, it feels more money grabbish than older editions were. Mm, kind of, but at the same time, I guess because these books are pretty fucking expensive, it kind of justifies the price of, like, the Icewind Dale book to be like, and here's fucking, you know, 15 new classes and options and races. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah. But it does kind of make it feel like if you want all the information, you've got to get all of these books. Exactly, which is like, yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. It kind of... I agree with you, but I disagree because it's like if they did end up doing like a player's handbook volume two with, you know, a hundred new pages, it's kind of like those fucking encyclopedias, those Marvel encyclopedias I was get, I got. Yeah, I guess it's hard to digest it with that many new things at once. Kind of, but also it's just like that to me is when it starts feeling cash grab, cash grabby too, because like with the Marvel encyclopedia. They did one, and then, like, five years later, they did an expanded one Mm. where it had, like, new updated bios on the characters and a couple new characters that they created and shit. And they added, like, 30 new pages, but still, it's like, you're making me... the same book, yeah. Right. So, I, I, I see what you're saying, and I do kind of agree, but at the same time, it's like, if you do a volume two of the player, or a expanded edition of the player's handbook, then it's kind of like, yeah, that sucks. I've got most of this too. Yeah, that sucks. I'm talking about a full on, like in- Like uh, second volume? Yeah, like in, in version 3.5, they had, I think they had three player's handbooks, actually. Uh, that does sound familiar, because I was looking at all of the versions. Yeah, I think they had like three player's handbooks and at least two dungeon master guides. That's nuts. Uh, yeah, that's a lot of fucking shit, dude. But that was also a super rules heavy, like super rules heavy um, edition. Right. I'm trying to Google that real quick. But I think I would agree with you too that like fifth edition so far is like the the best blend of everything. First edition and third edition, and yeah, it's a good balance yeah. of everything. I, I was reading. Yeah, people don't like talking about fourth edition, do they? <laughs> it's not i don't know it was i guess it if if you look at it historically it's like kind of a transition it's kind right of, it's kind of the the necessary step between three five and fifth edition because there's some of the stuff from fourth they carry over into fifth and then they bring in more of the 
five and and earlier second edition stuff things back so it's like they they went a totally different way with fourth edition and then they kind of were like nah that's too far and then right they dialed it back and brought in some of the other stuff back in and now it feels a lot more balanced right and you know that was something that fucked me up too when i was trying to read about it i saw people bitching about you know they had just introduced 4th edition or maybe it was 3.5 and then they were like, here's 4th edition. And people were like, we barely had time to fucking get all of 3.5. No, I think it must have been 4th because 3.5 was around for ages. Well, that's what I... Okay, then I don't fucking know. It, it might have been 4th edition and then they did 5th. Yeah, they, they dropped 4th edition pretty quick. And like game stores were pissed about it. And that was the fucking pretty interesting thing to me too. There was like... The first version, and then advanced, and then you know second edition, and all all that different shit. Mm-hmm. None of them have really stuck around for too long. Um, that would be fucking frustrating and annoying to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's the same with any game, though. They refresh the rules like every three, four years. Right. Five years at the most, probably. I'm trying to. My phone's not loading the Wikipedia page that I was looking at about it all, but. Yeah, it's it's kind of fu- there. We go. It's kind of fucking frustrating though, because like here, look at this. The original uh, came out in seventy four, and then Basic Set one first version seventy seven. Advanced was seventy seven. Also, Basic Set two eighty one. Basic Basic Set three eighty three. Uh, advanced second edition eighty nine. Yeah. Now see those basic those basic editions. Mm-hmm were basically just uh they were just repackaged the same rules with different artwork oh was it, it was pretty much yeah it was pretty That's much weird. just a just an updated i mean they they might have changed a couple things with like uh um like broken rules or something that they maybe fixed a little but i think for the most part the original and i think they like like rewrote the text to be like a, right. little, a little easier to read and stuff like that but i think the basic rules were all the same for all okay. of those um then rules cyclopedia not encyclopedia cyclopedia rules cyclopedia is it's not a it's not a different version it's all of those mm-hmm. all those box sets that they put out in the 80s the basic sets right. one two three four f- i think there's six and i think there's six looks box like three sets. okay um but they took all of those and put them into rules cyclopedia so it's basically basic basic dungeons and dragons all in one book Okay, well, that was 91. And then 3rd edition came out in 2000. Right. So that was a big fucking gap. Yeah, so 2nd edition was what? What did you say, like 88 or 89? Uh, basic set 2nd version, yeah, was 81. Hang on. Oh, no, no, advanced, advanced D&D. yeah. Yeah, that was 2nd edition, uh, 89, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, and then, th- yeah, and 3rd edition came out in 2000, right? Yeah, and 3.5 was... Oh, three. Right. Yeah. Three, five came out real soon after third edition because there was some stuff broken in, in, in third, in the first third edition. There was some okay. broken shit that they had to fix. Oh, but then, wow. but then, but then three, five stayed around for like six, seven years. No. Five, six years. Five. Yeah. Fourth edition was 2008. So I think that's where the controversy was. Three, five had just come out. And then, like, five years later, they were like, okay, here's fourth edition. Yeah, I guess that's true, because I guess second edition was out for 
over 10 years. And then there was six years between fourth and fifth. Fifth edition's been really? out for Damn. six years now, too. Yeah. Damn. Where does the time go? It didn't seem like fourth edition was out that long. <laughs> but yeah, I guess I guess counting counting third edition and 3.5 as the same. Right. Because the thing is that third edition and 3.5 were the first sets put out by Wizards after they okay. bought after they bought TSR. Okay. Um so if you count those two as the same rule set, which they basically were. Yeah. Um then it was more like 8 years. But yeah. I'm trying to read this real quick and find out uh anger from players and retailers due to the financial investment in 35 and the relatively brief period of time that it had been in publication so yeah that's what i was thinking well of. i guess yeah i mean i guess i can agree with that like all the books that they put out in such a short period of time mm-hmm. and then they're like well here's fourth edition and guess what it's completely different right and that's why that's why pathfinder came about because there was a mention of that yeah that's what pathfinder took the because the the three point the three oh and three five um rules the d that were right. based on d20 which is open source which means nobody really owns it. So you can you can make your own D20 rules, your own D20 game using those rules okay. uh, however you want. So, so there was like all this third-party stuff that got made too, not just official stuff. Right. So all those companies were like, well, what the fuck? Now our shit doesn't work with 4.0. It's not even, not even close. So Pathfinder was like, okay, well, guess what? We're just going to take 3.5 and re- rework it a little bit, and now it's Pathfinder. So all you people who are mad at, at Wizards and don't want to do D&D anymore, now you can do Pathfinder, and it's the same shit you've always been playing. And they kicked and they kicked 4th Edition's ace. Ace-hole? Mm-hmm. Right in the ace-hole? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. And then 5th Edition won a lot of people back. Right. Yeah, it, it really does. 5th Edition seems like the best of all possible worlds. I can't find the fucking... I found a breakdown of all the books once before. That's a long list. <laughs> yeah, but for some reason I can't fucking find it now. Hey, just to point it out, what? we're we're quickly approaching your two-hour, uh, I'm not cutting a two-hour episode. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> God damn it. Just, well. just, I wanted to put point that out before we got to two and a half hours, and you were like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know me well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, let's see. I can't fucking find this, though. I looked at it fucking the other day. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah, let's uh wrap that up, though. That went way fucking different than I expected. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's try that one last time. I want to try this, though. Yeah, that got a little deeper than I thought that conversation was going to go. Uh, Yeah, me too. Um... What was my fuck this shit? Oh, yeah. I was so pissed about it, and I fuck. That's telling, dude. That I could get that fucking enraged and then be like, man, but fuck that. That's behind me. Yeah, I fuck this shit. Let's get into that. Fuck this shit. So, as I said, fucking ebooks. I don't know how you fuckers do that shit. Because and it's not only did I feel do I feel dirty reading this book, but it's there's no soul to it. I can't disagree with that. It's just a fucking lifeless 
endeavor reading like that. Holding an actual book, I know we've talked about it before, dude, but, and I know I'm going to sound like fucking some artsy fartsy jackass saying it, but there's, there's something, a special bond in holding a book and turning a fucking page and not just being like, scroll up. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I can agree with that. And I will say, I'll qualify by this. I don't think I've ever, well, I take that back. I'm sure I have, but I'm not, I'm not a big supporter of like fiction books, digital. Okay. But I can read nonfiction stuff like game rule books and magazines and stuff like that. I can read that digital. I'm okay. I'm a lot more okay with that than. Well, like a magazine by design is, you know, like chunks of something at a time too. Yeah. 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 But I, I just mean. No, I feel you. Like. Because it's almost just like reading an instruction manual to me or something. Right. So it's it's like, yeah, you can read that digital pretty easy. But, but yeah, a novel is like... Mm. Uh, on a weird level, like, it's offensive to me reading this like this. But the, the other thing is that you're doing it on a tiny little phone screen, too. True. It would be it would be a little more palatable on a... Uh, like on, an iPad or something? Yeah, like on a, like a, yeah, like a tablet size like a 10 inch yeah. tablet or something it, it's more yeah. it feels more like book size well and not just that the print would be bigger well yeah and you like can way bigger yeah you can zoom in i mean i, I have to I've, zoom in my eyes are so bad even on the tablet i have to like kind of zoom in on the text that i'm reading well i've i'm holding my phone sideways and i'm zoomed in yeah oh the like the sideways is a pain in the balls dude Ugh. yeah Ugh. Yep. you get like three lines of text per scroll uh, no, I, I get about four. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know it's no, not I, good. No. So it, it is. It's just like a lifeless fucking thing. It's It makes it feel more mechanical. And I'll be honest, it's a lot. I'm enjoying the stories a lot less. It, I'm not going to say what the book is because there's probably going to be a review of it. But I'm less forgiving, too. Like, when I'm reading an actual book, if I especially like a... Well, that's getting a little too specific, but fuck it. Like a short story collection, I will put up with, you know, a few pages of bullshit if I don't like a story before I'm like, okay, fuck it, skip ahead. This one, if I'm like two pages in and it's like, I don't like the story, it's like, fuck it, I'll I'll skip 30 skip pages. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's like, it's making me give shit that I, because, you know, we've read stories before. Like, fuck, a perfect example is the current series of Book Club, dude. There's been stories that I have fucking hated, but I at least finish them. Yeah. I've I've skipped a story in this fucking book because it's just like, I don't care. I I can't do it. Right. It's not interesting, and then it's not can, not enjoyable to actually the process of doing it. So why yeah. keep doing it? Just move it. Yep. I mean, there there's two stories in here that I really dig, like, a lot. But I keep thinking about it, and it's like, that one was... <laughs> so it's like it changes the dynamic in such a way that it's like, even when it's enjoyable, it's it's not like bad pizza where it's like, oh, it's still pizza or like, you know, a bad blowjob where you're like, well, at least I got blown. It's just like when it's bad, it's terrible. And when it's good, it's like, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I'm not... It's not my favorite way to do it, but... Like I said, sometimes it's um, especially like with game books and stuff. Right. It's it's easy to just pick up pick up the iPad and like open a file 
and just like skim through the text or whatever. And I know I'm a pain in the dick with that type of shit. I tried reading that Wild Mount book that way. I can't do it. No, I get it. It's definitely not as good as holding the actual book in your hand, but it's, Fuck yeah. it's more convenient sometimes. No, I, I, I get it. But like I said, I think I got to like page two in that Wild Mount book digitally, and I was like, man, I'm good. Yeah. It's interesting, but I'm good. So <sighs> I, I really... It breaks my brain, though, that people are like, oh, it's so much better. No, it's not. It's definitely not better. I mean, I could, okay, I, I get, like, the space issue, maybe. That, that yeah, that's a pro, but still, I prefer to look at a shelf full of books, not a, yeah. not a shelf with one iPad on it. Right. And here's the thing, too. You don't have to charge a book. True, true. And nobody's nobody's likely to steal your book. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you leave a if you leave a book sitting on a, a table uh, you know and walk off to get something and come back your book's probably still going to be there probably yeah also book doesn't need internet goddamn right like i said fucking andy was giving me shit in my interview with him when i was talking about like why i prefer dvds and blu-rays and shit right and it's like but what happens if the internet does go down right. which is known to fucking happen or like you know what i mean well yeah like the internet itself doesn't go down but your service might go down well, that's what I meant, but yeah. It's like, what happens if it goes down? It happens. A lot from what I hear people say. It can, yeah. So it's just like, no. Call me, make fun of me all you want. Call me a caveman, tell me I need to get into the 21st century. Fuck the 21st century. Yeah, I agree. Too much digital shit. I think about that all the time, dude. Because, like, you hear about... You know, all these cyber attacks and shit. And they're like, oh man, fucking this municipality. I listened to the one episode of Just Jump to the End when I cut it, when I recut it. And I hear your fucking sister saying, oh yeah, I still can't get on the county website. Yeah. I, I, we couldn't do anything at work. And I'm like, not a problem if people didn't have every, literally every fucking thing hooked up to the internet or run through the internet. Yeah. I think about that shit way more than somebody should probably. Yeah. I mean, it's a humongously helpful, good thing, but it can also be a very, very bad thing. Right. It's I don't understand why people are like, okay, now we're completely paperless. And it's like, I get it. The environment, we're hurtling towards a bad place. But it's like, if you want this shit to continue, you should have redundancies in place for that. But the fuck do I know? I'm just a fat dick who's sitting here fucking watching Star Trek and reading D&D manuals <laughs> and finding production codes for shows that nobody gives a fuck about <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's that Jesus Christ two hours and four minutes yep this will be the fastest wrap up I've ever seen ready go yes <laughs> <laughs> Patreon time right yep our Patreon thank yous, as always, go to... I'm trying to get them pulled up really quick, and it's not fucking working! Come on! We're gonna hit fucking two and a half hours before you goddamn know it, bitch! Move! Where the fuck... Okay, here we are. Patreon shout-out. Go to at ggamk 30 at SpiderScooby, at SteeBoost, at JCFeral1976, at SMorgan21, at... Josh MGA at Midnight Smoke One at Corny Jenkins at underscore 13 Chris 13 Chris 
at TESD Groupie, and at Dan Gantz. Thank yous, as per usual, go to at the J Sarge for opening music, at Sherry Archinoff for our logo for this and the commentaries, at Looking for Eight for our Knights of Nerd Blitzdom design, and at Steve Boost for our Nerd Rats design. Uh, as for our shit, find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud. Find everything we do at NerdBlitz.com, including book reviews, toy chests, question of the week. Get yourself some merch by going to redbubble.com slash people slash nerdblitzpod slash portfolio or teespring.com and search nerdblitz. If you need some extra audio, go to tsdjaproductions.bandcamp.com or patreon.com slash nerdblitzpod. Between the two of them, there's got to be getting damn near close to 50 hours of extra content. I'm at the Scooby-Doom. You are? At Fitzman73. And on both Twitter and occasionally on Instagram, we are at NerdBlitzPod. Boom! That was record time, bitches. That was pretty fast. You're like, why can't it be like that every time? (laughs) (laughs) You thought it. I'm not going to say I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Um... I don't remember the voice I did at the beginning, but I will say this. Come back in episode 105 when I finally crack the fucking case on the uh, Scooby-Doo. Well, I sort of cracked the case on the Scooby-Doo production code issue that I started talking about, goddamn, nearly 14 or 15 months ago. But I got somewhere. I finally fucking got somewhere. And if I have my way, I will get even more somewhere. Dog with a bone. So, until next time when we come back with that and possibly some Star Trek Enterprise and who the fuck knows what else is going to happen. Bye. I don't remember the voice, so you're getting Joker. Come back next time. All sanity depends on it. (laughs) This has been a feature of JJ2E Media and TSDJA Productions.